Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the October 2020 edition of the OSSB Podcast. This is Dan Kelly, technology teacher through Ohio State School for the Blind. Thank you again for tuning in. We have an extra long podcast for you this month. Runtime is about one hour and 20 minutes. Hope that you enjoy everything that the podcast team has put together for you. We're going to start things off with a unique sound bite. This month from Miss Kester's second and third grade class. Make sure that you listen all the way to the end because the podcast team has a Halloween story yet again this year. It's going to be a good one in collaboration with Miss Barden's 12th grade English class. As always, thank you again for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast. On the 13th night of Halloween, my goblin gave to me 13 ghosts of booing. Twelve vampires nibbling. Eleven black hats hissing. Ten skeletons rattling. Nine bats are flying. Flop, flop, flop. Eight werewolves howling. Seven lizards creeping. Creep, creep, creep. Six spiders spinning. Five pounds of worms. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Four cackling witches. Three jack-o'-lanterns. Two hairy toads. Ribbit, ribbit. And a spooky owl in a gnarled tree. The 13 Nights of Halloween by Miss Hester's class. All right, welcome back to the OSSB October edition of the podcast. Joining me live in the studio have the podcast team Emily and, and Mikea and Miss B virtually on Zoom. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Mikea. Good morning. There she is. All right. <laughs> She's alive. Don't worry. <clears throat> she is here. Okay, so yeah, we are back at school now. Our day students came back on October 26th. Teachers came back on October 13th. Our residential students will come back November 15th. What do you guys think about being back in the building so far? It's definitely different. It's a lot different than I would have expected. It's very interesting. Definitely a lot of precautions being taken. Yeah. Yeah, we are doing a lot of... Doing a lot of sanitation and keeping things clean all the time. Clean your desks, kids. Yeah, before people come into the room and as they leave. So uh, I want to keep everybody safe. Mikea, how are you doing with being back at school? Uh, good. I have a feeling that we're going to be going back virtual at some point. Yeah, that's that's kind of the feeling that we're all getting just watching the numbers. Uh, the numbers are going very high. It's kind of scary. Yeah, but, you know, I think... Uh, you know, life goes on, and we're going to have to just take precautions and do the best we can, like 
I don't know if you can hear it on the podcast, but we're all wearing masks. Yes, we are. And we're sitting around Kelly's Island. and uh, We are socially distanced. Socially distancing. Um, yeah, so, you just say socially distancing. Socially distancing. No. Yes. yes. <laughs> Social distancing. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Miss B, I'm just kind of going to relay what Makia said. She thinks we're going to be going virtual pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, that's a possibility, I guess, with numbers going up in Ohio. This month on the podcast, we're going to take a real strong look at mobility because it's Meet the Blind Month and October White Cane and Day. White Cane Day. Absolutely. Well, it so was. It was on October fifteenth. This yeah. is like the thirtieth or twenty ninth or whatever. It whatever is. day this yeah, comes whatever, out. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And even then, it could be a different day that you're listening to it. So it might not even be October anymore. Yeah. So there's, there was a lot of fun activities on White Cane Day that, that we'll um, showcase. And we're, we'll talk with two of our O&M instructors, Miss Smith and Miss Swartout. And they will talk about traveling around the state of Ohio and doing mobility lessons in students' hometown, so that's going to be exciting. Looking forward yeah. to, to, to hearing about that. It is exciting. Yeah, and we are going to do a flashback. We're going to show you Halloween stories from the last three years. Also known as my editing growth. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's legacy, <laughs> right? It, it yeah, went it, from non-existent to existent to existent the sequel. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, so it's all going to be good. Um, Mykia has done some music, uh, Halloween music for the podcast. And so it's great. It's good stuff. So uh, really glad to be back in person. It feels good, you know, even though it's a lot of extra work, you know, doing all this cleaning all the time. But I don't like getting up at 530 in the morning, but, you know. I say it's better to clean than be dead, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of morbid. Okay. All right. Well, it is Halloween. Right, so. it is Halloween. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's get on with the podcast, and thank you once again for tuning in and supporting what our students are doing and keeping up with what's going on at the Ohio State School for the Blind. All right, Panthers, this week is Spirit Week. Monday is Pumpkin Day. Dress in all orange or black, or you can wear pumpkin themed clothes and or you can get creative and make your own pumpkin t-shirt tuesday is troll day or crazy hair day you can style your hair like the trolls and also make it pretty colorful so get creative wednesday is way back wednesday dress up as your favorite decade it could be the 80s, it could be the 70s, it could be the 60s, it could be the 2000s. You can go as far back as you'd like. Thursday is costume day. Show off the costumes you'll be wearing for Halloween or trick-or-treating. And Friday is Halloween at home. We're all virtual that day, so show off your favorite Halloween items like T-shirts, your jammies, your hats, or any decoration you have in your room for Halloween. Have a happy spooky spirit week. Have fun. Okay, Miss Smith brought in a little 
little thing to to show us, and we're going to put it on the podcast because I think it's pretty cool. It's talking about when you teach people how to pour, like working on pouring skills, like pouring liquids from a bottle into a cup. What do you got there? Well, I found this at Wild Birds Unlimited, and we were just kind of goofing around in the store, and it's a cork that's meant for, like, a bottle to keep, you know, the liquid after... You know, to keep the liquid inside fresh and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in the shape of a bird. A bird. Yes. A, the bird. A bird. And His beak is pointing up in the air. His beak is pointing upward, and the liquid comes out his beak as you pour. Right. So you put the bird in the top of the bottle. That's right. And then you turn the bottle up. And, and what? <laughs> and as you pour, the bird chirps. And the quicker you pour the louder the bird chirps and the quicker the bird chirps. And oftentimes, um, I don't teach living skills, but I've heard from living skills instructors that sometimes when you're first learning how to pour, sometimes you don't know if all the liquid is coming out or how quick it's coming out or, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, so this is kind of an audio gauge of what's going on. It is. All right. And so, would you like to try it out here? Sure. I have it in a bottle of water. Okay. And there's a cup there for you. All right. Got a cup here. Lining up the bird's beak with the cup. Cup. Here we go. Oh, it's coming out fast. Oh, and oh. he stopped. So he, he must, stopped. So must you're empty. Done. Yep. We are done. Well, that's cool. Just a little fun thing I found. That's, that's a little funny. Yeah, that's a little fun thing to do but what, what's kind of fun is it's gimmicky yeah. for people who like birds and bird stuff and everything and of course my husband who's totally blind and i were you know kind of checking it out and we both instantly thought how cool is this for people who are visually impaired who might not see what they're pouring yeah. and how or, fun is that that it's auditory Right. So we took a different spin on it completely. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. But yo, know, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's just a fun little thing. Yeah. Now it's time to go back to 2018 and hear a ghost story. I was sitting in front of the local movie theater, filling out a check for one of my employees. Then I noticed a young boy standing outside of my car in the darkness. Before he spoke, I was gripped with fear, and I couldn't explain why. I want to see a movie, but I forgot my money at home. Can you give me a ride to get it? I wanted to avoid looking at the boy. So, I looked at the time for the last showing of the movie, and I realized that we would not make it back in time. It wouldn't take long. I'm only a little kid. I don't have a gun or anything. I just need a ride, please. That sentence scared me the most. I looked down and realized that my hand was moving to unlock the door. Then I looked up into the young boy's eyes, into darkness that went on forever. I dropped my coffee and spilled it all over me, which snapped me out of my trance. I can only come in the car if you invite me in. I started the car and I put the pedal to the floor. And I never returned to that movie theater again. 
come back. I am hungry. Okay, next we're going to go down to Miss McCumber's class where they're doing a fun little activity on Halloween Eve. And tell us what we're doing down there, Miss McCumber. So we are doing a phrase find, I guess is what you would say. It's more than more than one word. It's a phrase. And how are you doing a phrase find? So all, every student got in their own individual tray, COVID-friendly, and each of the trays had different stuff in it. One had dry oatmeal, one had water beads and plastic beads, one was shaving cream, one was dried beans, one was dried rice, and one was cooked spaghetti. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. And then... Were, then you had some different things in the spaghetti? Yes. And the shaving cream and the rice and the beans and all that kind of yes. stuff? Yes. So each tray had wooden letters inside them, but they also had different stuff. Like there was marbles and some wooden shape blocks. I put some buttons in there. And the hardest part about this was everyone had to wear a blindfold. Oh, all right. Level the playing field. That's right. <clears throat> so reaching all that gross stuff. Mm-hmm. Or gross feeling stuff. Right. Pull out the letters. Right. And then you had a little unscramble the phrase. Yes. Kind of thing. So each student had two to three letters in their tray, and they had to work together. Um, our we have one student who's remote. He was our uh, he was our recorder. So if somebody found a letter, he recorded the letters for us. Gotcha. All right. And then after we found all the letters, they to figure out what the phrase was. All right. Let's see what it sounds like. What did the phrase end up being? It was All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve. All right. I got an A and an M. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's what. Brian found an E. I found two letters. All right, Lyric, what Wait. did you find? Jonah's going to write it down for us. I think I found something. Hall open. I found a shape. I found an L. I found an S and okay, a V. Lyric found an S and a V. What did you find? Oh my gosh, you should see Devon. He has shaving cream halfway up his arms. Fantastic. Um, what do you have, Devon? Wait, I can't hear Devon. Devon has an A and an M. Like, oh, it's a W. I'm sorry, it's not an M. It's a W. He found an A, and he found a W. Good morning, everyone. This is Mrs. Smith, one of the orientation mobility instructors at the Ohio State School for the Blind. I'm currently sitting here on a beautiful sunny day in early October on the steps of the Grace Bible Church in Lucas, Ohio. And with me, I have Emmy, a student at the Ohio School for the Blind. We are today currently doing an orientation mobility lesson in her hometown of Lucas. Hello. Given, yes, there's Emmy right now. Given the nature of the COVID-19 pandemic, orientation mobility lessons have looked a little bit different for students who are learning their skills on the streets, such as cane skills, traffic light skills, uh, orientation skills in outdoor environments. And so the orientation mobility instructors have been going to visit students in their home areas while the school has been in the virtual format of learning. I'm gonna turn this over to Emmy and 
she's going to give you kind of her viewpoint of how she feels about being able to do mobility lessons in her hometown and what this training has meant for her. So I'm going to hand it over. Hello, um, my name's Emmy Bennett. Well, I have a lot of thoughts regarding mobility at home. First of all, I'm glad that we have this resource now versus when we didn't have it in the beginning because um, I know just in the initial response plan, I think some of these resources were lost and I'm glad to just finally be able to receive services. I've always had like trouble fighting for this kind of thing. And so I'm glad that we can do it in my hometown, first of all, because we can't do it at school and I missed a good portion of my services last year due to the pandemic. And second of all, to be able to do things in my hometown. Now we've always uh, tried to fight for me to get services in my hometown and that never really worked out. So at least uh, like this is something for me to be able to go to do basic things like get go to the gas station or go to the Dollar General is just a very, it's just a confidence boost. Um, for me, it's just a confidence boost and kind of making this transition uh, a little less scary. So, I don't know, Miss Smith, if you have any more questions that you would like to ask, but those are my general thoughts on mobility from home. Well, I do have one question. So this morning, you actually had a definitive purpose of what you needed to do. You needed... I'll wait for this car to go by you needed to um get a flash drive because you needed more storage yeah. so we walked a route a route that we've walked before from your home through town to dollar general worked on some traffic light skills which were a bit tricky because of a lack of presence of traffic so we talked about backup methods um and then walked to Dollar General where Emmy independently went in Dollar General, found help, found the counter, uh, got a zip drive, did everything completely 100% independently, and then met me back outside the store. Um, how did doing this whole complete thing make you feel? It was a little scary at first, but I feel like once I was able to do it, like I feel a lot more confident now than I did maybe say per the beginning of this lesson um that one crossing that you mentioned whew, yeah it's a little scary because it's main traffic uh crossing no accessible crossing and it's normally very quiet so you don't know whose turn it is so we made a backup plan to do a facetime call to somebody if i run into that situation um so yeah that's how i feel i feel a lot more confident in and, and going out more independently, which I've never had pre, uh, pre-hometown pre mobility. Is there something more meaningful about getting to do it at home? I think that I'm able to uh, go out and participate in, uh, in the community and participate in, in the family, uh, go to the meat store, go to the dollar store, just to be able to be my own person and not have to rely on others uh, others help for a lot of things is 
I don't know how to explain it, but it's the, it's a certain feeling that you get when you're when you're able to take in information and not have someone else take in information for you. I will add that Emmy has been receiving orientation mobility services while she's at the School for the Blind in Columbus, Ohio, and she has made a very nice transferring of skills already learned to apply them in a new environment being that new environment is her hometown. So lots of credit goes out to Emmy for using skills she had already practiced in a different environment and um, applying them to a new situation and also being able to problem solve situations that we don't necessarily always come across when we're in the uh, Columbus environment as well. And that's been kind of cool to problem solve new situations, I think. What do you think about? I, I would say so. Uh, like, we have a lot more trucks, and not just any trucks, just the big, loud, semi big, loud, distracting kind. And so, we've been working through that. Also, the darn crossing, which we've mentioned several times already, that's been a big uh, challenge that we've figured out. Um, we're learning the new routes. Uh, trying to get a mental image of those routes. I think that's something we've tried to remember. Like, how do we remember that this is a traffic light and, like, this is not a traffic light and things like that. Um, Getting oriented to your environment. Yeah. Yes. Well, that is great. And we are going to um, wrap it up and continue on our way back to Emmy's house. Um, where we'll call our lesson good for today, which today has been just a phenomenal lesson for Emmy. She has really impressed me with all of her skills. Thank you, Emmy, for being part of this podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> kind of goes back to my other appearances, too, with the, with yeah. the needing storage for all my files. Yeah, true. Everyone who, who's at the school knows that your girl got a lot of files. <laughs> you got a lot of files. Hey! You managed to figure that out today, you know, of getting more storage. Yay. All right. Hopefully I can do these next few runs more independently, too. Storage runs. We will work on that. Absolutely. Joining us this morning, guys, is the amazing O&M instructor, Miss Swartout. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us and taking some time to talk about mobility. Because October, as you heard, is White Cane Day and... I've been seeing on Facebook that it's Meet the Blind Month. Oh. The podcast team is here. Hi. We should say who all is in the studio. Hi, it's Emily. Emily, the self-proclaimed. Miss B. Yes. <laughs> Miss B is here. Cool. There's my Kia. There's it. Oh, okay. Travel and mobility has been looking a little bit different. It has been, I will say, a, a great, great learning opportunity. I think both for staff and students and, you know, something new and different. It, it's great. Go back, uh, go back to the beginning of this thing. If you could miss sword out back to March when we first shut down, what happened? Well, I will say first, I, I, I'm going to say first, we had a couple days, at least for mobility. We were kind of had to stay on campus 
kind of had to uh, change things up a little bit because I think, again, nobody kind of knew what was going to kind of go on. And then we did get the announcement that we were going to go home. So things definitely in the spring looked a lot different. It was a great opportunity that I learned a lot about Google Classrooms. We created lessons as a group and then we're able to share those lessons as instructors. I know I had some great lessons with some students of like virtual apartment hunting because that is a piece of mobility that we get to do of where do you want to live? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is key because you got to live, you know, you could live on a bus line, Mm -hmm. but the price might be up in that apartment. So is it worth a more expensive apartment to have a bus line right outside your door? Or do you like to walk? So I think those are all things to start to kind of look at. So we had that lesson with some students. I know um, some students uh, looked at uh, paratransit and kind of researching those services in right. the spring. Yeah. How did it look with some of the little people, the younger folks? Oh, I think I'm well known. Like I like to play. I like toys. <laughs> I like to hang. I mean, I like the big kids too. Don't get me wrong, big kids. But Don't I do. Lie. Yeah, I mean, well, but you guys just have different different types of of play skills. Right. You might not say it's play, but it, they're just different type of types of play skills. For the little littles, um, we did a lot of. I love reading books, and I love bringing literature mm-hmm. um, into what we're doing. So I had some great great books to be able to read with students, and I think too a lot of books. I can find a lot of mobility concepts in many books. Sure. Spatial awareness and all kinds uh-huh. of stuff. Now, one right now that I'm really, really loving, it's called Once Around the Block. Mm-hmm. So it's a great book. And actually, I have to give the shout out. Dr. K. Clark was the one that uh, talked with me about this book. And it's an out of print book. And I got I got a copy. So I'm really kind of excited about that one. And it's all about being able to go around the block. So those are some residential concepts for those Mm -hmm. little littles the other i love is geocaching and there's another book you know i'm i'm a geocaching fan Mm -hmm. and it's the book is called a claire goes geocaching and Uh it's kind of for my older littles because it is a chapter book Mm -hmm. but we learn all about geocaching Mikia or emily do you guys know anything about geocaching i think you took me once what do you remember uh, I feel like it has something to do with the rocks, if I remember correctly. Okay, some rocks. Uh, could, if you were looking for rocks. Could. Or we were looking, there was something. I can't remember exactly, it was so long ago. I think when it came to that, didn't she say that there was like certain apps that you can use to find certain geocaches and things like that? Fabulous, yes. And see, even this is a great thing I find for all students. To, to go geocaching from the little littles to the olders yeah. um, because it's a worldwide treasure hunt. I always like to, during uh, O&M lessons, to make sure I'm pulling in in one of the other areas of the ECC. Right. Uh, kind of trying to do some more tech skills mm-hmm. has been one of those added, I think, right now. And, and what can we do with, with mobility? You can uh, always I, take your favorite technology instructor on a mobility lesson with you. Always. We did that last <laughs> year. That was fun. Yeah. Mr. Kelly enjoys uh, being able to get out uh, any excuse, right? To get out and go adventuring. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this kind of, 
you know, doing this stuff from home from spring until summer, and it kind of morphed a little bit, right? Kind of grew into summer camp. It did. Now, I will say definitely summer camp. I learned a lot during summer camp, too, because for O&M camp this year, it it definitely changed because we wanted, like, almost like a planes, trains, automobiles uh, type thing for summer camp, but we kind of had to shift gears a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm because we talked about like going to the train museum and going to the fire station. Of course you can't very well do those remotely. So we, we switched gears a little bit and we did have younger students, our our elementary students for O&M camp this year, because we like to rotate the different ages, but we talked about the concept of first neighborhood and then city. Yeah. And then state and then country and then world so for each of blocks. our weeks. So yeah, so kind of starting small. And again, you know, again, literature, I love bringing in literature and that one was me on the map that we used. Mm. Um, and we really, I think found a nice groove for the youngers for summer camp that kind of transitioned right into fall. Yeah. And that, um, that summer camp was a four week deal or eight week deal, wasn't it? Was. Yeah. So what we did is we just did a weekly and we actually did five, five whole weeks weekly okay. and met weekly, which was kind of nice because then they had some activity time in between. Sure. Um, Cause again, I like arts and crafts. So we sent lots of arts and crafts home for students to do. It gave us a nice groove that we did some movement activities that we found some YouTube videos for some movement activities. Mm. My current favorite, you guys will have to pull up is the slow motion machine. I'll happily send you the link, but uh, it, it is again, kind of for, for those younger kids, but it is a song about moving slow. Sounds like Mr. Kelly. I know, but it's kind of got like a little bit of an upbeat, but you know, you talk about your slow motion machine. So we did some good movement activities. Then we would often do some literature and read a book about the concept. Then we got to move a little more, pull in our O&M concepts, talk about our terms Mm -hmm. and then do some more songs. That sounds very creative and very cool. Um, Yeah. You know, doing the best we can bringing the experience yeah that's what it's about and then come back to school and, and you guys are actually doing some visits now we are we are doing visits now and i gotta add one more thing on okay. our online we're doing a whole unit on community helpers so we're able uh with that kind of outline that we did from the summer to talk about people in the neighborhood. I'm just getting ready here after this to talk about garbage collectors or the recycling truck coming through and what happens with everything and where does it go within the city? What do they do? So we're, we're going to do some in and out concepts too with that. So that is what we're doing now with some of the youngers. But we are visiting some students in their home communities. We did have to kind of look at like, who has an IEP kind of coming up and who also has a goal that we have to be there in person because some of our goals definitely can be met remotely mm. for sure. But street crossing, I mean, you got to be there for street crossing. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. You need to be there and have hands on eyes on the whole thing. So you're going to go see some kids and, and yeah, how's that working out? 
Yeah, we do have to be outside. So we are working outside of students' homes and we're able to work with some kids right there in their community. I've been able to travel to Springfield. I'm going to Galleon. I'm going to Ashley, Ohio. And it's kind of been fun to be able to teach a uh, rural travel. Yeah. Um, now, I know Makia has got to see the Dakota disc. Makia, do you remember seeing the Dakota disc last summer uh, during O&M camp? Uh, I don't remember. Are you talking about for like, I don't know. I forgot. It is a really, really lightweight disc, four and a half inches wide. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of uh, height-wise, maybe an inch and a half, but it's great for um, traveling in more rural areas, in snow, in sand. So do, do you kind of remember now that I kind of described that one a little more, Makia? Yeah, you talk about when we went like hiking, when we got to try out those different cane tips. Yes, yes, yes. The ever popular that has been growing with our students, and we did actually get some more, is the flex tip. Now, McKee, I know you remember the flex tip. Yeah. What do you think about the flex tip, dear? Tell, tell us about the flex tip. I think it's pretty nice. I haven't, my cane hasn't been stuck in any cracks or anything like that, like my marshmallow tip used to. See? Wait, what? Oh, man, now Emily's like, well, I want this flex tip. Where is it? You're going to have to go visit Emily. Oh, man. Okay, so, Makia, will you, will you describe the flex tip a little bit, a little more other than just it doesn't get stuck in the cracks quite as much? I think it has a spring on, like, that goes underneath or in the cane part area, uh -huh. so it doesn't, like, when it hits a crack, it's supposed to, like, bend or go straight over it or something like that. Yeah. Whoa, what? And it's flat on, it seems like it's, like, flat on the bottom, so... I'm getting real excited because everybody's getting a little geeky about cane tips here. The flex tip. Yeah. Exciting stuff. So Emily, we'll have to make sure to show you that. It's kind of a little more, it's flat on the end. It's a little wider than a marshmallow tip, uh, but it's got fl like flexion in it. Now it does not roll. So there's no ball bearings or anything in it. So weight wise, I'd say it's pretty similar to like a rolling marshmallow even though it's bigger because it doesn't have the, the metal pieces of the ball bearings within a rolling marshmallow. Right. Yeah. So. And I, I'm assuming that when you go out and see these, these students that they're just excited to get out and, and move around and walk around and explore their home area. I mean, what a plus. So I will share one, one lesson too, that, that I did last week, actually. And things again, as an instructor, I'm getting to like, maybe I learned it in school, but I don't get to teach it very often, mm -hmm. uh, walking over train tracks. So like when a sidewalk walks over train tracks, Yes. we don't have many areas in Columbus that we get to do this. Mm -hmm. So I was in Springfield, Ohio, walking in beautiful downtown Springfield, Ohio. And we've been working by the Clark county library and the train runs right through the city which mm. i mean like right through the city and we started talking about walking over those uh, train tracks and right on cue a train rolls right on through whoa and i mean we're no more than again with walking i mean you're 15 feet away from the train sure. so you hear it real well and, and then it's so scary yeah, you, no, it's you, you will feel it through your whole body. It's not scary. It's <laughs> kind of awesome 
it have, is you know it's you like about, that like rush of like oh there's a train whoa like all that power and weight yeah just right there pretty intimidating <laughs> like it's not scary it's just like you have an like it, it's like fire where you have like that intense respect for it yeah yeah yeah. But uh, that has been that has been pretty awesome uh, to be able to do that. And, you know, kind of like you said, Mr. Kelly, I think students are excited to see us. I know one of my students last week, the parent shared that, like, I was the highlight of the students week when I come weekly. And I will say, too, as as a teacher, like that warms my heart mm-hmm. because it is it's it's a lot more tiring to to be traveling. Sure. Yes, I I've know. been up in Amish country. Oh, I've been seeing all the animals up in Amish country up there. Yeah. Um, I'll take so, some smoked cheddar. Oh, next time you're I mean, there. some fudge. I mean, maybe I've stopped at Eight Sisters Bakery. <laughs> you, you can't not buy food. Exactly. I know just myself, I stayed home from March until May 29th. It was really the first time I got out of Columbus. And just, it felt great. Will it change how mobility looks for teachers and students going forward, you think? I I definitely think so. And I think not only at our school, but I think, I mean, definitely the world, but definitely the nation too. Mm. There is discussion in the state of Ohio of, of what, what mobility is going to look like. And I, I will say every school district is a little different on how they're serving and what they're serving. So there's a lots of conversations with that. I think for me, again, my big piece, I, I mean, I'm a fan of technology. I am a huge fan of tech. Now, I do have my saying, brain, cane, then technology. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, if you don't use your brain first, then your cane, the technology is no good. Am I right, Mr. Kelly? You are absolutely <laughs> spot on there. hundred percent. Because agree that I mean, smartphones are smart, but they're not smart if you're not using your brain. Yeah. Right. And if you're not using your cane, you're not using your mobility skills. Exactly. Uh, so there's no point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the phone, the, the, you know, the trucker breeze, the IRA, any of that stuff, it's a tool, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to know how to use the tools. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree with you on that 100%. I'm curious if you've heard any discussions about one thing that that, that really frustrates me as a, as a traveler who's blind is all the changes that retailers make just on a day to day basis. Ugh. You can walk into Kroger, you know, one day and you go in one way and out the other way. And then the next day, they, they completely turned it around backwards. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's just mind boggling to me, unless you're really good with interacting with the public and you have to be even better now because of the whole social distancing thing, um, that has changed how you solicit aid a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's a little wary, you know? Yeah. And I would even say too, the one that uh, (laughs) we get back in the building, we're hoping to share with students called a ramble tag okay and the ramble tag actually was originally made for for running for people visually impaired and it's so you have a little more give on a guide's arm but i've been using that out in the community with students when i have to guide them to give a little more distance Mm -hmm. 
so students in our building will be able, um, that'll be something definitely we want to try out with lots of students because there's like a left side and a right side. And there's also one for younger kids that then it goes on the guides like a uh, forearm or wrist, but it's a different feeling sure. to be holding on to kind of a, a loop or a tag on a guide's arm rather than their arm. So it's different interpretation of, of that tactile information you're getting from your guide. So that's going to be a little different. I definitely like, I want to go back to what Mr. Kelly was saying about shopping. The Kroger that we always go to right over at Graceland, they have done some remodeling. Yep. And the reason they've done remodeling is because so many people are doing clickless now. Yeah. Oh. So, Emily, uh, Makia, you guys know Clicklist? Yep. We've used it a few times. My family has. Yeah. That is Makia? my friend. Yeah. I use it all the time. Well, and I think, too. If, Often we go to the grocery store and, you know, trek around the grocery store, which you still need those concepts of understanding the grocery store. But I think there'll be a different, a, a change of that because of all the ways to get groceries now. I used ClickList before the pandemic, mm -hmm. but now I, uh, that's the, that's my only way to go. Yeah. I, I think ClickList was in place about two weeks and I uh -huh. was using it. I teach a little bit in my tech classes about online you know online shopping quick list curbside pickup uh amazon prime that's another one yeah that where you can get groceries delivered and they're they just updated shipped to do more <clears throat> i just saw that the other day so some exciting things coming there and instacart is another one mm -hmm. that we that we teach so, well I know, Mr. Kelly, I want to share a few things about White Cane Day that are going to be coming out so so students kind of know and, and staff kind of know. Good. It de it's definitely going to look different. We are going to share some resources. It'll be an email coming out actually today, so everybody will be ready for actual on White Cane Day. Okay. Uh, different videos to watch within your classes, different ideas to do, and it really will be kind of uh, class-led. We're not going to do a big group activity this year, but we are going to get ready because next year is going to be different. Right. You know, we're, we're going to have this all cleared up by next year so we can get a nice big transportation day. Yeah, right. Those are fun. I miss those. I know. And that's the thing. Like it, that's, it's a lot of work, but I, I think we're ready. I think we were ready for one this year, but unfortunately not going to happen this year, but right. uh, next year it's on. Of course, the year I leave. Oh, of course man. It is. could you come back for a visit, Emily? I can try. That's yeah. Right. I think I think you can do that if your yeah. schedule permits. Yeah. 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 But uh, so there'll be some activities coming out. Um, I do have a really nice video, particularly about um, it's a webinar. Are you potentially a guide dog user? Because I think that's another thing I hear students talk a lot about. And I mean, that's a big responsibility, mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it, for some students, a great way to travel. So we're going to have that. We've got for some younger kids, some books about canes. There is a, even an opportunity. It's already all pre-made, like a little uh, white cane day jeopardy. If a Ooh. class feels so inclined to take some time to do that. So those, those uh, will be out for any classroom teachers that want to use them not required but just a way because i've heard kind of people want to celebrate it but i think again everybody's schedule is a little different and, and all of that so i i love to hear what people 
are doing in their community. And even if it's just taking the time to talk with somebody in their family about what does your white cane mean to you? Mm-hmm. What does, what does, even if you're not a cane user, what does your visual impairment, what, what is that part of you? What has that provided you? And I think too, always looking at, there are some positives, right? And finding those positives in life. There are some drawbacks. I'm not going to, I I would never say that, but thinking about what has it given you in life. So. Right. It's changing your perspective and education is the key, right? Awareness and education. And And it's almost enlightening when you start thinking about your visual impairment and the tools that you use in terms of the independence that those tools can give you. And I know for me, if I was not visually impaired, if I was not blind, my life would probably look completely different. I would have probably not gone to college. I would have probably gone into the military and who knows, you know, who knows where I would have ended up. But, uh, you know, I, I like where I am uh, today and, and blindness has played a big part in making that happen. Flip it upside down and own it, right? Yeah. I think that is the key of, of, of owning it for sure. And, uh, recognizing it, and even though we're all far apart, um, you know, making sure we're taking that time on October 15th and it's October 15th is white cane day every year, every year, of, every year of just taking that time to, to say, this is a part of me. This is something I want to share with the world. Cause that really is, I think, what's important is is sharing your experiences, your life with the world. I am so glad you guys invited me to stop on by for the podcast today. Well, we appreciate you coming here. on. Glad right. you're here. This has been great. We're going to have some students talk about it too. Um, awesome. With their mobility um, instruction and things they've been doing to stay busy. Uh, hopefully, everybody's getting out and walking around their neighborhoods and you know moving around and things like that. I got a puppy this summer, so oh man, every day getting that puppy out and walking around the block, and you know, or taking her over to the field and moving around and stuff like that. And I have learned that you got to keep using those skills, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Miss Sword, out that we didn't talk about this morning? I I think we got it all uh, covered. Like I said, I will be so excited to see everybody in the building and so excited to be able to start to explore our area around OSSB and uh, continuing to do that. Uh, and I'm just just thankful, thankful uh, for everything, you know, yeah. that it's just one of those times. So. All right. Well, appreciate it very much. Well, and we are looking forward to October 15th. And hopefully we can get some recordings of people playing White Cane Jeopardy. I think that would be pretty neat to put on the podcast, too. Yes, for sure. Okay, well, you guys all have a good day, and I'll see you later, okay? All right, thank you, Miss Wardout. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. All of the fun facts today are being provided by funfacts.com. Today we're going to be telling you some October facts. And the first one is... Did you guys know that October has two full moons? October 1st was the harvest moon, and October 31st is the blue moon. There is normally a hunter's moon that falls in October, and it's the first full moon after the harvest moon. Both the hunter's moon and the harvest moon, 
do not fall in a specific month. I didn't know that. Me neither. Did you know <laughs> that October 1st is homemade cookie day? Hey. And we're not talking about the prepackaged cookies. We're talking about those cookies that when you walk in the house and they're baking in the oven and you can smell them. Yes. Oh, they smell so great. And so then you, good. When they come out of the oven hot and you just start cramming them in your mouth because you can't resist. And sometimes you just burn your lips and tongue and stuff. But so October 1st was homemade cookie day. That's the best. October's birthstone is the opal, which was actually valued by the ancient Romans as the most priceless of all. It comes in a myriad of striking colors. They often seem to swirl together and it is a symbol of both faithfulness, purity, and hope. Of course, we couldn't talk about fun facts in October and not talk about October 15th, White Cane Day. White Cane Safety Day is a national observance in the United States celebrated on October 15th of each year since 1962. The date is set aside to celebrate the achievements of people who are blind or visually impaired and the important symbol of blindness and tool of independence, the white cane. The flowers, October has two strikingly different birth flowers. There's the pastel hued cosmos and the radiant marigold flowers. So the cosmos flowers are representative of the joy one finds in peace and love, as well as representing peace. The marigold, otherwise known as the calendula, is said to be a symbol of tranquility, grace, and grief. October 21st is reptile day. Many people like to keep reptiles as pets. Anything from snakes to bearded dragons. Uh, reptiles need a very specific environment. So you wouldn't want to put a snake in a hamster cage or something like that. So October 21st is all about raising awareness of reptiles, their needs, and trying to ensure that reptiles that are kept as pets receive the appropriate care that they need. So happy Reptile Day. As awesome as reptiles are, the day after that, October 22nd, is Color Day, where we take time to admire how different colors can affect our moods, behaviors, and productivity. For example, red can make you feel passionate and sometimes hungry, while blue gives off a more calmer hue. This is also different in different countries. Some countries view the color white as pure and innocent, while others view it as a symbol of death. October 24th is food day, Yum. family mealtime, state banquets, street parties. Most gatherings include food in some form or another. So celebrate by cooking something adventurous or something you love. Food has always been something that brings people together. That's all interesting and all, but we can't forget October 31st. Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Hey, October 31st. <laughs> Otherwise known as the best day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
biscuit and all that candy and stuff. All the candies, of course. So we have something special about Halloween later on in the podcast. Yes, yeah. we do. Okay. All right. So there's your October fun facts on the OSSB podcast. Thank you guys for researching these off facts.com or whatever, funfacts.com and putting that together. And we're glad to share it with you. It's time to go back to 2019 and hear Behind the Door. And now, in honor of Halloween, you will hear a story about three brave children exploring a haunted school. Stay tuned to see what or who they find. Here is What's Behind the Door. Once upon a time, in the old school of OSSB, there was a group of curious children. One Halloween night, the children went exploring and searched the abandoned classrooms. They decided to start in the old elementary hallway. They opened the door to the first old abandoned classroom. Suddenly, they heard a noise. One, two, three. Divided by... What was that? Let's go check it out. Then they saw a white flash and a ghost appeared. Hello. Welcome to the room. I am the ghost of math. If you can solve my math problem, I will give you a sweet treat. What is 15 plus 16? Uh, 31. entered the second classroom. Whoa, who's there? They sounded very big. Hello there, I am the Mummy of Art. If you listen to my interesting facts, you will receive a tasty treat. Did you know that in ancient Egypt, whenever a pharaoh died, they were buried with their favorite things to take with them into the afterlife? And I was buried with Twizzlers. Feel free to take some. Now, go into the next classroom and see who is there. When they opened the third classroom door, they saw many colorful lights and candles. There were also marigold petals on the floor and sugar skulls everywhere. 
Then, a skeleton wearing many colors jumped out. Hola! Welcome to my Day of the Dead fiesta. If you can answer my question, I will give you some pan de muertos. That's bread of the dead. What day does Day of the Dead start on? It starts today, October 31st. And ends November 2nd. Muy bien! The skeleton hands the children some bread. Now go into the next room and meet mi amiga. They walk into the next room and hear. Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire, burn, and cauldron bubble. Hello there. If you can tell me what Shakespeare play that was from, you will get some of my magic fruit punch. It's from Macbeth. Excellent. Now thou shalt take some fruit punch. Now, off to the final room with thee. The final room was dark. There was nothing to be seen. What was that? Then a one-eyed black cat walks out. Arg, who comes near me, treasure? Uh, we do. If ye scallywags can answer me question right, I'll let you have some of me treasure. Is it true that black cats are bad luck? No. no. Ye is correct. Now, have some treasure, young pirates. They all run to the piles and piles of candy. They fill their baskets with all the candy they could carry. And then, before the children are ready to leave, everyone said, Happy Halloween! The wonderful actors who starred in this story are Brenna, Devon, and Kennedy as themselves, Mr. Kelly as the narrator, Mrs. Pirano as the math ghost, Emily as the mummy of art, Mrs. Parrish as the skeleton of Day of the Dead, Mrs. Barden as the witch of English, and me, Matt, as Rumble the Pirate Cat. Okay, as you can hear, we are back at school and we're wearing our masks and we're sitting six feet apart or more up here in the upstairs computer lab. And joining the, my key and myself this morning is the amazing, the astounding, number one <laughs> O&M teacher, Miss Smith. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what to say with that introduction. That was pretty impressive. Thank you. Oh. Making me... Making me blush oh, okay uh, all right well anyways but thank you for that lovely introduction it's great to see you guys so october we always really focus heavily on travel and mobility and uh we talked with miss sword out a little bit earlier in the podcast miss smith we thought we'd have you in to talk about your experience with how you guys have been delivering mobility since march great what's it like going out been going all over Ohio seeing kids kind of a thing? 
yes, yes. When you say all over Ohio, that is true because our kids are from everywhere in Ohio. And probably the furthest I have, I'm going right now is Bowling Green. And then, like, the closest is some students in Columbus. And so it's kind of here and there and everywhere. What's been really cool about it is that every student's environment is different. It's realistic for them. It pertains to their personal lives, which has been really neat. How do you prep for something like that with the different kind of environments? I actually used Google Earth to look at their area to find out what I'd be dealing with, like a business environment, what I'd be dealing with a neighborhood with sidewalks, without sidewalks, to get kind of initial glimpse of what would I have to prepare myself for. And then... The first time after I had everything set up with families and students and where I'd go, the first time I would go out, I would actually go out early so I could drive around and preview the area. Okay, all right. To kind of get like, a, okay, this is some ideas of what we can do to that work with their IEP goals. So did you, do you have to go and pick the student up at their house and then take them out to the, wherever, you meet them at their house and then walk from there or did the families meet you somewhere? Um, we initially, I was lucky that all the students I went to go see lived in an area where we could address their IEP goals, whether they be cane skills, traffic light controlled intersections, street crossings, like all those outdoor travel skills. And at first we didn't transport any students in the van. So I just went to their houses. I basically uh, would park at their house and then go from there. Sometimes we'd have to walk a bit to get to the kind of thing we needed to tackle. But um, that was good too because it was from their house to somewhere and then back to their home, which is in mobility, the whole theory is you're going to leave from your home and you're going to come back to your home. Yeah, it's a round trip. Yep. Have students been pretty receptive to it or...? At first, when we started going out, Miss King, Miss Swartout, and I, we didn't know exactly how the reception would be to it. And I will tell you, not only were students really excited about it, but families were really excited about it, too. Because uh, I heard from several parents that said, I don't feel comfortable trying to teach my student, teach my kid how to cross at a traffic light. I want to make sure I'd be doing it right. And students were found it like kind of extra valuable that it was their home and their environment and what they see on a daily basis like every single day and like they were excited to learn their area they were also excited to get out of the house too sure yeah we all yes i i really think that was a large part of you know let's get out and do some hands-on stuff and that was a huge draw for both parents and the students how does it compare to mobility like um, doing mobility while the students are at the school versus in their home? Okay, Uh, that's a great question. Um, Thanks for bringing that up. Here in Columbus, after doing mobility at students' homes and seeing the variety of environments, I've started to think of Columbus as kind of picture perfect for doing mobility because everything here we have Goods. We have decent sidewalks. We at least have sidewalks. Yeah, we got sidewalks. We have sidewalks. They're They're not always decent. Uh, We have pretty close access to places. Uh, We have close access to different types of intersections, whether they be 
stop sign controlled, all the way up to complex traffic light controlled intersections. We also have access to quiet residential environments. So we have a little bit of everything here. That's not necessarily the case at in students' home environments, and everything changes. We I've had some situations where we have rural travel with no sidewalks whatsoever on very quiet roads or sometimes on busy roads. Um, sometimes it's, uh, no, you have to walk in grass to finally get to a sidewalk, and that can be bring its own set of challenges. Probably one of the most interesting situations I've come across is uh, I have a student, well, Emmy, who you heard on an earlier interview. The only way to cross the street by her house is by a pedestrian-marked crossing. If I had just heard about this kind of crossing, I'd be like, no, I just don't think that's safe. There's no traffic light control. So is it just a crosswalk? It's a crosswalk. It is marked by signs a good distance to warn cars that there's a crosswalk coming up, and the sign does flash, so there is some warning. Um, But it is a pedestrian-marked crosswalk, and the thing is is that it's not the safest but it's kind of the only place to cross in that particular situation and the way the environment is laid out with the hills and the valleys that go through the town Mm -hmm. you can absolutely tell when it is the correct time to cross because the silence is astounding and by the time a car is approaching it you can hear it there's still a huge distance of space to cross so auditorily the way the environment is, or the landscape is set up, it's possible to be done if somebody has the appropriate skill level to do to take on a crossing like that. Right. Being here in Columbus where it's flat and everything, yeah. initially I would have said that's not a good idea. Right. After going out to experience it, though, it's kind of interesting how you see how other things are possible. Yeah, because the, the hills and valleys would add a whole new dimension mm-hmm. to, to the sound. It's kind of made me think outside the box of what my norm is also. Because my norm has been teaching in this environment. Mm -hmm. So I've professionally found it to be kind of really cool. Do you think uh, with the whole pandemic and and outreach teaching and and things like that, do you think it will change how we deliver services in the future? Or do you think we're going to just come back to, you know, working in flat Columbus when everything gets back to <laughs> Um I don't know, to be honest with you. I would certainly see positive for promoting that kind of, like, true community travel in the student's home, maybe when their junior seniors are getting ready to transition. Um, the skills are necessary. You can learn the skills pretty much in any environment. But then to be able to transfer them to your home environment I could see a definite like hey that'd be a real positive thing to add to being able to do it logistically I don't know how that would happen but I I would definitely support the idea I think the state should get you guys a helicopter (laughs) and then you could just you know chop her out to someone's hometown I'll be your pilot okay okay I'll be the pilot put in uh, coordinates in blind square or soundscape Right. There you go. <laughs> we'll fly <laughs> out there. 
So that could be kind of fun. That'd be interesting. Do a lesson, right? Landing might be in some of these towns might be oh, no, interesting. Oh no, landing. You're going to drop to ten feet. Oh. Bail. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that could be even more interesting. That's more talk, outside the box talk, of my talk career. Talk over with Miss King and Miss Sword out. See what they think. Okay. See if they're up for that. Miss McCoy too. You know, she's still doing some O&M too. That's right. I'm glad you guys um, had the opportunity to do that, and the students had that opportunity to. Um, to do O&M in their hometown. It sounds like it was a lot of fun. Um, was it kind of hard on you guys having to do all that traveling, though? We were very, very busy. I will agree. There's something to be said for having the students all here. What we reaped in the benefit of getting to work in a home community made up for all the driving, made up for longer hours. And so it, it, the balance paid off just fine. And when I have students and parents tell me, you know what, coming out here has been great. I've seen like this extra level of confidence in my son or daughter. Mm. And when you have students say, I feel kind of like I'm part of the community, like I can tackle this, I can do this, and I don't have to have everyone do it for me because I know my way around my home area. That's huge. It is huge. That speaks volumes to just what it gives in return. So I really didn't think of it as... It was different work, but I didn't think of it as impossible. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like it went pretty well. It, yeah. it, it really did go well. Um, and we're going to, uh, you know, kind of think about that as we move forward. Sure. I think the helicopter is a viable option. I would say the most unusual thing I, that probably happened out there was we have one student who lives in a very wooded area, and we um, heard... A siren like an ambulance in the far distance mm-hmm. and that set off a batch of coyotes Uh-oh. okay uh, and were they, howling? they were howling yeah mm-hmm. with wow. the siren and it was pretty far in the distance we weren't in any jeopardy or anything but my student said what is that i've never heard that before and i'm like i said darling i said those are coyotes mm-hmm. i said the siren set them off and she was like wow you know yeah. And I'm like, don't experience that on every mobility lesson. No. You know. But sure. Not a whole pack of Cody's. We had a Cody. Remember the Cody that we had when we had that staff parking lot in the back? Yes, yes. And, and there was like this big dirt hill. Of dirt, right? Yes. <laughs> and we called it Coyote Ridge. It's just Coyote, this lone, scraggly, mangy Coyote that would climb up on top of that ridge and watch everybody get in their car and just kind of hang out i do remember that yeah i guess all the you know the rebuilding this is when the new building was coming in it just you know stirred those guys up a little bit yes coyote around here in a few years it's been a while i will say and i do want to add one thing i'm miss swordout uh miss king and i are very very thankful to the administration for letting us think outside the box Mm -hmm. and for letting us you know get creative with how we deliver services because teaching mobility and teaching those outdoor travel skills is essentially impossible to do online and they were very supportive of us safely going and putting protocols in place but going out to deliver services in person and i can't thank them enough for being supportive of us for that they've done a great job i agree absolutely let's do this Yes, yes, they have been very thoughtful with everything, and I am very thankful 
just for what it's given to our families and our students and for me professionally. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Smith. Appreciate you coming in. John with us on the podcast. Well, you are very welcome. I'm always happy to do it. Um, thank you for helping to celebrate White Cane Day. As you know, that's near and dear to my heart, of course. Yes. Um, so I'm appreciative of everybody helping us celebrate. A long, long time ago, much before you or I were born, there was a beautiful land. On this land, people and creatures lived freely together. And in this land was a small queendom ruled by a very kind queen and her lovely daughter. The queen kept her queendom in a golden age. Everything was the best that it could be until one fateful Halloween night. I love Halloween, don't you? It's very nice. I love the costumes. I love the scary stories. You guys got it all wrong. The candy is the best part. Well, not anymore. What do you mean? Didn't you hear? There's a rumor that a dragon is stealing all the candy from the queendom. If you even have a decent amount, he'll swoop down and take it. That's funny. You know that's just a myth, right? I wouldn't be so sure. All of the queendom elders believe it. Yeah, but I don't. Besides, this isn't for me. It's for the little kids who will be walking around tonight. If that dragon decides to take it, then he truly has a heart of stone. Still think it's a myth? No. Let's get out of here! They ran as fast as they could, leaving the candy behind, which the dragon swooped down and grabbed in its claws. This started happening more and more times, and eventually, word got to the queen herself. A dragon scaring my people. I won't have any of that. I'll send a request for the strongest, bravest, most respected hero in the land. That should take care of it. But mother, isn't there a less aggressive solution? I'm afraid not. I can't have a creature like that scaring my people and possibly hurting the young ones. Action must be taken now. Peace is not an option. We haven't even tried. Sometimes you can't try. You have to do what's best for your people. You'll understand one day when you rule. The queen sent out her message, asking for a brave, strong hero, best in the land. Days passed, and it seemed like no one would answer until one day. It's hopeless. What is? Don't you see? No one has answered the call for a hero. We're doomed. I heard you needed heroes. Who are you? I am Sir Evan the Brave, and this is my trusted assistant, Matt the Wise. We heard about your dragon problem. We think we can help. Can it be? Our pleas have been answered. Quickly, we must get you to the palace. Queen Barden will be thrilled. The two heroes walked to the palace. Your Majesty, we have come to discuss your dragon issue. At last. My call has been answered. Who are you, brave warriors? I am Sir Evan the Brave. And I am Sir Matt the Wise. We've come to help your queendom. 
This is incredible news. Our queendom is safe after all. I shall give you a day to prepare. Then you will head to the forest outside of town and face the beast once and for all. If I may ask, Your Majesty, have you tried a peaceful option first? Matt, it's a dragon. How peaceful could it be? Unfortunately, peace is not an option. We could not make peace with such a creature. I wish there was a way. I wish there was another way as well, but I must do what's best for us all. I shall see you tomorrow, brave warriors. If you are able to do this, you will be rewarded handsomely, and our queendom will forever be in your debt. We won't let you down, Your Majesty. The two knights left to prepare. One day later, they returned. I wish you both the best of luck. Our fate rests in your hands, brave warriors. You must go now. Stay safe and protect each other. I hope all goes well. Thank you, Your Majesties. And so they went. The two knights walked through the forest until the sun went down and the land was covered in darkness. Evan, we should rest for the night. Nonsense. The night doesn't scare me. But it's not safe. You worry too much, Matt. You'll get lost. Matt, I've got this. Evan, behind you! Very funny. Matt? Yeah? That was a dragon, wasn't it? Yep. All right. The dragon and Evan the Brave fought with courage and strength. It was an equally fought fight, but all seemed lost after Evan got his sword swiped from him by the dragon's razor-sharp claws. It stalked to Evan, waiting to pounce until... Wait! Listen to me! We don't have to fight. We don't want to hurt you. I did. Evan, I'm trying to help you! Okay, well, I don't want to hurt you. But you have to stop stealing candy. What did you want it for, anyway? The dragon walks into the forest. Matt follows, and the dragon leads him to a cave filled with piles of candy. Is this where you live? Where is your family or friends? The dragon shakes his head and looks around sadly. Oh, you don't have any. The dragon shakes his head. You weren't trying to be scary. You just wanted to have something for yourself. You're lonely. The dragon nods. Well, I'll be your friend, but you've got to give the candy back. The dragon nods and gathers up the candy. How did you do that? I talked to him. You never cease to amaze me. I know. They walked back to town. Look, the brave knights have returned. We're saving you. They returned to the palace. You've brought the dragon back, but why? The dragon didn't want to scare anyone. He was just lonely, so he stole the candy from everyone in town. I knew there was a peaceful option. Thank you, Matt the Wise. Anything for the queendom. Mother, can I make a suggestion? Of course. Let's hear it. I suggest that we offer the dragon candy every 31st of October to symbolize our friendship and our peace. In return, the dragon will no longer steal candy from our people and our queendom. Spoken like a future ruler. 
I couldn't be more proud. And so the Queendom gave the dragon candy every Halloween night. The dragon was happy knowing that he had friends. And the two brave knights were rewarded for their heroic quests. All was well in the Queendom and everyone lived happily. And we've come to the end of this edition of the OSSB Podcast. As always, thank you again for tuning in. Happy Halloween. Happy White Cane Day. And Meet the Blind Month. We'll see you back here at the end of November. Everyone stay safe and be well.